Hello, friends. This is Nathan Powell. I co-host a brand new podcast called Dynasty Double Take with Dan Sanyo. We join the DLF family of podcasts with unique Dynasty arguments in a short 10 to 12 minute format. Dan and I love to debate Dynasty, and we hope you enjoy our banter as we discuss topics like trade offers, coaching, draft capital, and much, much more. same way uh, oh, oh shit i gotta stop recording you're at the dynasty crossroads that film and analytics create the dynasty crossroads that film and analytics create peter crunches numbers and jake just grinds that tape Dynasty Crossroads. My name's Peter Howard at PA Howdy on Twitter. I'm here with Jake Anderson at Jake Anderson FF on Twitter. We talk about one player at a time from two different perspectives. Um, Jake talks about them from a film perspective, and I talk about them from a metrics or a numbers perspective. We try and reach a consensus, and you probably know the rest of the stuff, right? Cool. So um, this week we're talking about another rookie. I thought we'd get a chance to actually talk about um, a, a player who's been in the league for more than a year. But uh, the poll that uh, Jake put out on Twitter ended up having a rookie win this week. Jake, do you want to tell everyone who we're talking about? Yeah, yeah, I can do that. And it seems like every week here, uh, the the player that wins the poll is is kind of the hot commodity on redraft uh, waiver wires. And that's going to be rookie wide receiver Cortland Sutton out of the Denver Broncos. And that was us talking about Cortland Sutton. No. Um, yeah, it does seem to be a more redraft focus, and I get that. That's where I'm, I'm more interested in, to be honest with you, I'm more interested in what you do next week than what you do in a year. This week, Jake, do you want to start off by talking about what you see on film from a good or a, a negative perspective? Um, or do you want me to start with talking about some of his um, tangibles and talking about it from a metrics perspective? Yeah, I think I think I went first last week, so why don't you why don't you fire because off first? I speak this week. Colin Sutton came into the league as an interesting prospect. I and I said this to you uh, pre-show before, so you know don't feign too much surprise, um, because I can't stop saying it. I think people are more excited about Colin Sutton's size than most of the other stuff on his resume. So just to Put that out there before I start describing him. He he came into the league with an age 19 breakout, which means he had 20% of his college team's receiving yards and touchdowns at the age of 19. It's actually the most common breakout age, which means most players who dwell in the NFL have an age 19 breakout age. Um, but it does therefore make for a high percentage hit rate. It's like something like 31% of players drafted in the second round like Courtney. Sutton was, have uh, hit at a top 24 wide receiver level for at least one season and um, within their first three years of being in the NFL. Um, so that's positive. Um, I, I, I like what he's done in college. It wasn't overly impressive, um, but it was def- it, it definitely met the threshold. Um, I was a little lower on him, I think, than most people because of that. I, di- I didn't see a reason to be excited about his potential of hitting. Having 
since he's been in the NFL, however, I've actually gotten a lot more interesting. I've actually got a lot more interested in him. His opportunity has actually uh, consistently risen, especially over the first four or five weeks of the season. And I thought that was especially impressive with Emmanuel Sanders and Demarius Thomas on the roster. Um, that he was still earning targets because I think earning opportunities one of the best signs we have that a play is actually good. They're showing well enough to get on the field and then they're doing enough to actually get targets. That is probably one of the clearest indication that they're talented. Um, but despite that, I think people have just kept up <laughs> with their overall value of him that I don't think I've ever become um, a bigger fan of him than consensus. I have been tracking the rookies like every other player in terms of usage in the 2018 season. Um, one of the most interesting notes to me actually so far is that um, over the last three weeks, he's actually seen a decrease in usage. He's dropped to third on the team in terms of Whopper, which is weighted opportunity rating as measured by um, airyards.com. Um, it's, a, it's a mixture of both his target share and his air yards share, so how, much, how often he's getting the ball um, compared to the other players on his roster and how far down the field um, he's actually getting the ball in terms of his ADOT, air yards and ADOT essentially being the exact same thing. Um, He's actually been overtaken by Jeff Hewerman or Howerman or, you know, that tight end um, that Jake has on his roster in Scott Fishbowl, uh, as I prefer to think of him. Um, and so that was a negative sign. Now, as a rookie, it, didn't, it doesn't bother me overly. I'd still be interested in him for next season. And moving forward, I think he's done nothing but increase his stock um, since coming into the NFL by earning significant opportunity um, in his rookie deal. That's... Uh, been a feature of this class but it's 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 not hard to forget at all that the last three classes have been pure disappointments in that ref in that regard most wide receivers don't do that and so i'm not trying to talk him down i'm just saying lately his opportunity seems to have been dropping in terms of a uh, uh, right now right here what is he as a start for your fantasy team um now, of course, some things have changed recently, Jake, uh, that might affect that, um, and I'm going to leave that to you. Yeah, just from a film evaluation process, uh, you know, early on from a Devi perspective, I studied him early, um, you know, three years ago, and I have been a fan. I mean, he was last year, um, probably like a year ago this time, I mean, he was viewed as probably the 102 i mean at least the wide receiver one in this class i mean uh he was basically the Corey davis of this class in a lot of people's eyes especially in debbie circles um i was a fan until and again i, I don't want to say that i'm not a fan because I, I do like his game um but just diving into his tape more and and as the process grew later and later and closer and closer to the draft um, he fell a little bit for me. If he fell <laughs> a little bit for everybody. Um, he was a guy that was going more towards the end of uh, round one and even sometimes in the early range of round two, which was really a good value for him. Um, but just from a tape standpoint, uh, he's a height, weight, speed specimen. He's, he's basically the kind of wide receiver, and we were talking before we started recording, he's the wide receiver you – you look at and you're just impressed with physically. Um, kind of the wide receiver a lot of teams were looking for five years ago, ten years ago. Um, just a really dominating physical presence with really good speed, agility, burst. Um, um, for me, he's he's 
he's really fast. He's a good deep threat. Um, I guess I guess the thing that always I get hung up on with Corden Sun is he's six four. He's two eighteen. Um, he's really fast. He doesn't he doesn't high point the ball very well, and he does show some inconsistent hands. Um, I think he does track the ball well. I think he has good um, awareness and body control, and he does make some really fantastic catches as well, but just very inconsistent. Um, and we talked about Traquan Smith last week, and Traquan Smith was so impressive at high pointing the ball, going up, extending his arms, getting the ball at the highest point, you know, creating the most separation between him and the defender to make sure that he's securing the ball. Where Corlin Sutton, a lot of times he would, you know, when he's trying to high point a ball, he, and he's so big that it, he he can get away with it a lot of times, but he he um, he jumps up and then he he allows the ball to get down into his chest and he kind of basket catches it. And I know we talked about this. Um, I think it was on the open bar with Matt Waldman. Uh, we had this discussion as well. And I mean, that's just it bothers me. You know, you get this guy that's he's designed to be like this high pointing basketball type of receiver. And he kind of struggles in that, in that area. Um, and just going back to the basketball reference, he plays more like a power forward. Like he's really good at boxing out defenders and shielding his, his massive frame um, in order for the, uh, you know, to block off the defender between him and the ball. Um, and he's really good at that, like comeback routes. He's really good at that. He kind of shrugs cornerbacks uh, to the ground just because he is so strong and imposing. Um, and he's good in the open open field too. I mean, for, for how big he is, he is really fast. He is really agile. He can make plays after the catch. Um, but I just, there are definitely some some flaws to his game. Um, so I, you know, he was around that wide receiver four range for me in this rookie class. Um, yeah, me too, just like you, I've been really impressed with his usage. Um, you know, he's been around and I know it's a little bit of an empty, empty stat, but, um, he's been around that 70% snap share, which is, which is really impressive when you do have a guy like Demarius Thomas and a top 10 wide receiver in fantasy right now and Emmanuel Sanders, um, and over the last three of the three of the last four weeks, he has run more snaps than Demarius Thomas. The, um, you know, before the trade went down, obviously, um, you said his market share has actually dropped a little bit to higher men, but we would expect that to go up. Um, it's just, I think when we really dive down into making decisions about Cortland Sutton, um, in dynasty especially i think this is probably a really good trade high window because there's a there's really a lot of steam I and mean, people are talking about him in redraft as being like a high end wide receiver too and i just i don't see that opportunity there when you have Emmanuel Sanders when you have a good running game and a just kind of a blah offense you have Case Keenum at the helm um he's not going to do a whole lot for that offense um, so, I mean, I'm kind of, I see the upside. The upside is immense. I mean, he's a good kid. He's got a good head on his shoulders. He wants to be great. Um, you know, you listen to him talk, he says all the right things. So he's, he seems very mature. He's got a good worth ethic, worth ethic. And, 
you know, I'm not a big Chris Godwin fan, but he, he for me, he kind of reminds me of like um, what you'd expect Chris Godwin to be because Chris Godwin measured really well, but just didn't look as the same on tape as far as explosion. And Cortland Sutton does have that. I just do see some um, inconsistencies with his hands um, and his high pointing isn't as good, even though um, he does lead the, the Broncos in red zone targets this season. Um, through eight weeks, he has eight. Demarius had two, and Emmanuel Sanders had one. Um, so that was pretty impressive, considering that the target share the first eight weeks were Emmanuel Sanders had 64, Demarius Thomas had 56, and Cortland Sutton only had 35. So he's definitely a, a really good red zone target for them. Um, but, you know, I'm kind of, you know, wish-washy, I guess. But if I had to make a decision, I think he's definitely a sell-high candidate at this point. I think... People probably expect him to be a top three or four round draft pick in startups next offseason. Yeah, it all sounds reasonable. I hate to miss the opportunity to come in on Sutton. Like I said, I wasn't low on him, but I was mm-hmm. compared to everyone else. <laughs> and That's where I had I DJ I had DJ Moore, Christian Kirk as these higher likelihood bets, and I like those players and both of them have been doing well as well as part of it. And so I, I've, like I say, I've risen in terms of my expectation from Sutton in the future, but it seems like because everyone else started out higher, they're always going to stay higher. And so, mm-hmm. I, yeah, I kind of end up in the same place. Um, what is the upside, like, in the next few weeks for Cortland Sutton? Like, um, the idea is here that he gets Demarius Thomas's target share, I guess, um, which is great because Demarius Thomas was getting a fine target share. He's getting a decent number of targets as well. Um, but just looking, well, uh, let's take a quick look here. Demaris Thomas has had um, 14, 9, and 6 fantasy points in PPR over the last three weeks, um, which, you know, is an indication there's definitely a role here for Sutton to step into and add to his own. Um, but, like, the problem with Demarius Thomas this year, and for the last three he's been declining, um, has been not opportunity. He's one of the most consistent and consistent wide receivers ever in terms of his targets and how consistent his targets are, which again is a measure of how good of a wide receiver he is. But it's been efficiency. Um, and the reason I'm worried about overvaluing Sutton because he's getting Demarius Thomas's target share is Sutton suffered even worse efficiency. Um, in his rookie year and again as a rookie that doesn't bother me for dynasty so much but you prefer to see some um, high level of efficiency to indicate talent opportunity is an indication of talent like I said but uh, efficiency would be nice to go along with that it would feel me make me feel a lot more comfortable um, and so for that reason I'm kind of yeah I'm ending up in the exact same place as you I, I would be interested in seeing what what people will be willing to give me in dynasty or in redraft for Cortland Sutton with this supposed bump in production. Um, so, let me ask you this. What do you expect for him next week? Do you think he's going to be a top 24 wide receiver? Uh, no, I don't think so. Uh, Houston has been, over the last five weeks, they've been uh, the eighth best against wide receivers. Um You know, I'd imagine that he's going to want to show off, you know, his first week. You know, they're playing against Demarius, who they did have, you know, a really strong relationship there in Denver. 
Um, Demarius kind of took him under his wing and was a mentor for him. Um, but I just I think the hype is a little bit overblown, and and I think we're kind of rose-colored glasses on here, where we're just we're expecting the best possible outcome. Um, and you know we, we see this all the time. You know Kiki Cootie had some good games. Kelvin really had some good games. Trayvon Smith had a really big game, and then. I mean, in Cortland Sutton, it really hasn't had those type of games. Um, but just, you know, we've seen flashes. We've seen, we've had expectations for, for some of these guys. And they they tend to just let down from what that expectation level is. Um, you know, Cortland Sutton was a guy that I picked up last week in, in one of my redraft leagues because I, I kind of saw this coming with Demarius. Um, so I'm excited to see what happens. But he's certainly not a guy that I'm starting this week unless I'm really desperate yeah i guess if i was gonna say if i was gonna come up with something that would fit that narrative that tom uh, that sutton's gonna be a lot more valuable lately it was that it would be that despite that drop in target share and air yards over the last three weeks he's actually increased in points per game um like uh, on the season as looking at the whole season he's got a 7.7 points per game but over the last three weeks he's actually been averaging um 9.8 9.8 fantasy points he had 8.8 9.8 and then 10.8 last week and so if we see you know opportunity is the king of you know having more fantasy points essentially you need more targets to get more fantasy points especially when you're not being particularly efficient um and so if he does see an increase in targets which he should do to be fair and um, he should see more targets at least and um, unless jeff Hewerman's about to become a top 12 tight end that's that, that's that's probably going to happen and if you increase from 9.8 points per game then you become a you you do become a top 24 wide receiver you do become startable or at least a wide receiver three every week so it's not like there isn't potential especially in the last three weeks despite the drop in his opportunity if the loss of Demarius Thomas is going to fix that and in fact increase what he had before and he could certainly start putting up numbers from a redraft point of view um and so yeah and that would be great for dynasty as well if you get him now if you've got him now and then his points do increase his value only only keep only increases it keeps going up obviously but again even in that the way i'm describing it is maybe we should hold on to him so that his value goes even higher like i'm not if i'm gonna buy a wide receiver for dynasty long term the i still have the same order like i want dj moore who also had a good week Last week, I want Christian Kirk um, more than Cortland Sutton. Um, I think the thing that would put Cortland Sutton over, and again, that's why, like you said it as well, I think his size has people drooling for the days where we said that wide receivers obviously have to be six foot. He's six foot three, by the way, not <laughs> six foot four, uh, and 220 he's six pounds. Six foot three and three eighths, I believe. So he's, he's, a, he's a little above there. Well, we don't round up around here. <laughs> well, you, you would we you call would round cheating. down anyways. <laughs> um, but yeah, so his size is great. Uh, don't get me wrong, but it doesn't make him a uh, innately better player. That that was just always just a fiction. It was part of what the sure. league liked, so it led to a lot of good things. Like um, the league, if the league wants to give targets to big wide receivers, they're going to get targets. But they've definitely given up on that. I mean, even looking at him. Um, we were pulling up his ADP, 
and to offer some comparisons, just looking at the people that he's being drafted around. I mean, just ahead of him is Marvin Jones, then you've got Chris Godwin, like uh player you mentioned. Robert Woods is just above him. And like even wide receivers in this value range look nothing like <laughs> the ideal that Cortland Sutton's meant to represent. And if that's the only positive, if that's why you like him, then I would uh, I, I don't get that. Now, his opportunity indicates he's more talented than his efficiency has been. And if he can, re- if he can see an increase in efficiency, he's going to be a lot more than even what I'm describing. Right now, I think his upside is a top 24 wide receiver, not a top 12. I think that's what I'm trying to say. Does that seem reasonable mm-hmm. for I think a, that's perfect. his career I think that's, as a whole? Yep. Yeah, I think that's perfectly reasonable. Wow, that sucks because we... Gen- generally don't like to be reasonable like we want to come up with a wow. an opinion to help with decisions wow. but that's just where i am with him jake and uh, i don't care what you oh say oh my god <laughs> i always love when we're on the dlf trade finder and it's somebody that we know <laughs> and it's certainly not calling anybody out um but was was nfl um he traded james connor for Cortland sutton straight up today this is in the Dynasty Tradecast Listener League. I mean, I, I said it. I said it on Twitter the other day. Right, James Conner's on a trajectory to be a second-round startup player next year. The third, third round at worst. I mean, that's where he's he was going in the latest ADP mocks. Uh, no, I hate to feign uh, to fawn over a running back, but why would he not be a first-round pick? I mean, given what he's. <laughs> Given what he's done this season, it. like if you don't I have Todd it. Gurley, then you're in, then you're struggling. Like every other running back, you fade, but those top three, which James Connor right now is um, is trying to join, those guys get first round draft capital. Just <laughs> just to disagree I mean, in the opposite direction. <laughs> it's possible. It's possible. I ju- I think people dismiss James Connor just because he's not Le'Veon Bell. You know, he's not the athlete. Le'Veon Bell. He's not the receiver Le'Veon Bell is. Um, I think they discount him. Another trade that went down yesterday. Um, So this is all with the news, you know. Uh, Allen Robinson for Corlin Sutton. I don't mind that so much. Like, I like Allen Robinson. Yeah, I'm a little bit lower. But if you just look at value, right? I mean, uh, let's take a look at where Allen Robinson is in the latest ADP. He's got to be in the top 30-ish, 40-ish. Yeah, you'd expect to have something else with Cortland Sutton to get Alan Robinson. Alan Robinson's at 34 right now. I mean, that's October. That could change because he really hasn't done much this season. Um, he really hasn't done much in three years. So I'm definitely a little bit lower on Alan Robinson than the consensus seems to be. But still, I mean, you're, you're putting him up there in that range. Were you just ragging on Alan Robinson for being injured? He he really didn't do anything when he wasn't on the field. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> and then yeah, Blake but, Bortle. Uh, but uh, anyway, yeah, yeah, I think you're right. If those are the kind of again, look, guys, if you're if you know or you're getting offers in your league for like top twenty four or top twelve startup players, you you probably don't need to need us to say that you should make that trade. Or if you do. Hit us up at Dynasty Crossroads <laughs> on Twitter, and we'll tell you. Yeah, you take that trade. Yeah. Um, but I, I guess I don't know. 
you can't expect reasonable coaching in fantasy either, I guess. <laughs> you can't expect rational coaching in fantasy either, I guess. So if you're seeing some irrational coaching uh, in your league, by all means, trade for him, yeah. How about the, there was, there was one, one other trade that went down yesterday. Um, and I know you're what side you might be on here just because I know you're not a big Nick Chubb fan. Um, but Nick Chubb or Cortland Sutton in a 2019 second? Um, Seem relatively fair for you? Yeah, that seems bad even to me. I mean, I'm a, I'm a big Nick Chubb fan, so I would definitely... Um, I'd be on that Nick Chubb side, but I think that's definitely relatively fair. So why don't we do our little game where we, um, or do you want to talk about what we expect this week? I think you're about to say something like that. No, I was going to ask you, um, since the concern is how Sutton's being playing, I was wondering if, from what you're seeing on the field, do you think that Sutton's inefficiency can be blamed on Case Keenum because I think I've heard that a few times and I'm not sure I buy that I tend to side with again wide receivers own their production I I give them the credit for their efficiency and also give them the blame for their inefficiency but are you seeing anything different from watching him yeah I mean I wish I I could say that I've really broken down Case Keenum um I've just really I've watched a couple Broncos games um, just because I'm a big Lindsey fan, I'm a big Emmanuel Sanders fan. Um, he hasn't had the, the target volume where it really sticks out with the connection with Case Keenum. Um, I've watched the targets that he's gotten. I mean, obviously Case Keenum is, is throws some really good balls. He throws a lot of really bad balls. Um, and, and Sutton can't adjust to those balls. He does track the ball really well. Um, I, I guess I'd, I put little more blame on Case Keenum, but um, I think Corlin Sutton is going to be that kind of re- receiver where he's not going to be highly efficient no matter what kind of volume he's getting. Um, but that doesn't mean that he doesn't have upside either. Yeah, I guess just to put a number on it, um, Racer is um, receiving air conversion ratio on ayards.com, and that's just mm-hmm. how well players are converting targets into re- into receiving yards. Um, or a measure of it anyway, and Cortland Sutton measures at point, uh, well, turn it into a percentage, it's 53%, whereas Calvin Ridley was at 94%, Kiki Kude is over 100% in terms of his efficiency with the targets that he's gotten, DJ Moore's right at 99 so even in these play, in the rookie pool, and the yeah, only they're also attached ranked, to really good quarterbacks. Well, Anthony Miller's at 45%, yeah, again, uh, which really is lower. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I think that might be fair to say, but if you consider it in context, like Emmanuel Sanders is operating 103% um, in the same situation, and even Deshaun Hamilton, who's had almost no opportunity. So, uh, again, um, with only three targets on the season, it's not a great sample size, but even he's been operating over 100% in terms of efficiency. It's only Demarius Thomas and Cortland Sutton who specifically... Um, have had poor efficiency, Sutton even worse than Demarius Thomas. And so I just think if that carries over, it'll it's be a so problem. F- it's so funny um, how similar Demarius Thomas and Cortland Sutton are. As, as players, it's so funny that he got drafted there, and it makes so much sense that um, you know he got drafted there and then they traded Demarius because it just it just makes sense. Very similar players. Okay then, um, so that's been our Dynasty Crossroads episode on Cortland Sutton. Um, thanks for coming and joining us. Please check out the show on Twitter at Dino Crossroads. 
and myself at PA Howdy and Jake at Jake Anderson um, FF Jake Anderson FF on Twitter. Um, also, please leave us a review somewhere or at least let us know somehow that you're listening so we know you're out there and we're not just, you know, calmly talking into the void. I'd say screaming, but neither of us scream. Uh, we should probably make it more exciting. Next time. Um, next time. Um, so thanks for joining us. I've enjoyed myself as I always have. Um, thanks to Jake for joining us as well. Um, and happy Halloween, everyone. Later. You're at the dynasty crossroads that film and analytics create. Wow, that sucks. Generally, don't like to be reasonable. Peter crunches numbers and Jake just grinds that tape. Well, we don't round up. Happy consensus, but we'll give you everything. Oh, shit.